In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today, the Gospel from St. Matthew, chapter 23. And in this Gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ rebuked the religious leaders of Israel for their hypocrisy. And maybe this passage is one of the very few passages in which the Lord Jesus Christ is so firm in his chastisement. Hypocrisy is a sin that attacks the religious people. Many of the religious people, like the religious leaders of Israel, are attacked by this warfare, the warfare of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy means you appear righteous, different from who you are. As if the person has two personalities. One personality between him and himself, and this personality is very clear to God, because God knows the hidden things of the heart. But another personality that appears to others, a righteous person, a godly person. And the main reason behind hypocrisy is the love of praise and the pride, ego. The person wants to be praised by others and his pride wants to get the attraction of the other to his righteousness. But his righteousness is a false one not a true one. He can deceive others, but he cannot deceive God, because God searches the heart and the real. And one time the Lord said, hypocrisy is like the leaven, because if you have a small dough, and then you put in it leaven, then this small dough will look like big. So, the outward appearance of it different from what it is. It's a small dough, but with the leaven it appears big. So from within, I am a non-righteous person, ungodly person, but I appear righteous in front of others. Hypocrisy blinds the person completely because he is deceived by his righteous acts. He goes to the church, he prays, he memorizes scripture, maybe he is a deacon, maybe he is a servant. All these activities blind him. He believes that he is righteous and he doesn't know, he doesn't need to do anything more. That's why the Lord actually addressed the scribe and Pharisees by saying blind guides, they are blind. Pride blinds a person, hypocrisy blinds a person. Make the person blind to who he is. And this is actually very dangerous to be blind to who you are. The first step in repentance is to realize who I am. When I realize that I am poor in my spiritual life and I need the grace of God, this would be the first step in 
my repentance. Like the prodigal son. In the beginning, he was blind. When he lived a prodigal life, and he had fun, pleasures of the world around him, he had money, he was totally blind that he is lost. And when actually he lost everything, the Bible tells us he returned to himself, as if his self was lost. In reality, it was lost. But now this blindness is gone. And now he can see who he is. The hired servant in the father's house were better than him. Once he realized his misery, he made a decision. I will rise and go to my father's house. I will return. So the first step in repentance is to realize who I am and I need the grace of God to be hungry and thirsty to the righteousness of God, not to the false righteousness of hypocrisy. That's why I said spiritual blindness can be very destructive to the person. Next Sunday, in the Sunday of the man who was born blind, the gospel ends with a very important verse, when the Lord said to the religious leaders of Israel, if you were blind, you would not have anything. Which means, if you realize your blindness, then you will seek help, you will seek repentance, then your sins will be forgiven, you will not have any sin. But because you say, we see, they are blind, but they say, we see, then your sin remains. And this is a problem of the hypocrite. They are blind, but they say, we see, because of this false righteousness. They believe, they can see. They memorize the scripture, they are churchgoers, they maybe pray, they serve the church. So they have all the marks on this checklist, but from within, they are far away from God. And the second description the Lord told them, fools, fools and blind. Fool means he is totally ignorant, unwise in his choices. He can deceive the people and he can get the praise of the people. But on the last day, when he stands before God, and God will ask him to give an account of his stewardship, he cannot deceive God. His works and his deeds will be revealed and will be very clear in front of everyone. He cannot defend his false righteousness. Then that is truly foolishness, because he thinks only on how to get praise of people here on earth. He is not thinking about the last day. Yes, you can get the praise of the clergy, can get the praise of the people. People will believe that you are righteous, you are a good person. But all this doesn't matter. What really matters 
how God sees you. Because as the Lord said, people look at outward, but God look at inside your heart. And I want to differentiate between a person who is struggling and fighting a certain sin and hypocrisy. Lest Satan will attack all of us that are hypocrites. For example, if I'm struggling with a certain sin in my life, and I'm fighting it, and I'm trying to overcome this sin, and maybe this sin is between me and God, between me and my father of confession, nobody knows it. And in the church, in front of others, or among my friends, they don't know this sin. So, am I hypocrite or not? No. There is a big difference between hypocrisy and a person who is fighting the good fight. Maybe I'm struggling with my prayer life. Maybe I'm struggling with any sin in my life. But as long as I am fighting, and every time I fall, I rise again with true repentance, and asking God to help me, and repenting and confessing my sins, and I approached God with a humble heart, I understand my misery, and I know that God is covering me, as we say in thanksgiving prayer, for you have covered us, and he doesn't reveal my sins to others. But deep down in my heart, I know that I'm not righteous. I know that the image that the people know about me is not true. I know who I am, but I am struggling. I am hungry and thirsty for the righteousness of God. This is not hypocrisy. All of us, we have our own weaknesses, our own struggles, our own sins, that God, out of his love, he is covering these sins from others. This is not hypocrisy. Hypocrisy when you don't care about your spiritual life. You are not fighting. You are not struggling to overcome any sin. Just you are living your life as a dual life. One life completely hidden from everyone. And you are okay with this life. This life doesn't bother you. This life doesn't pierce your heart. You are okay with this life. But you care about your image in front of others. And you try to pretend or to assume a godly and a righteous image in front of others. Although between you and yourself, and God knows this, you live a totally uh, different life and you don't care about repentance. So there is a big difference between a person who is fighting the good fight and a person who is actually hypocrite. That's why in the Gospel of today, the Lord actually gave us some manifestation of hypocrisy. What's hypocrisy? Number one, in your own self, you are not praying at all. And you are not struggling, or you are not trying to pray at all. But when you come to the church, you want to do long prayers in front of everybody. And the purpose of these long prayers is not to glorify God, but is actually to impress the people. 
I am I'm praying wrong prayer, then I am a godly man and I righteously. But in your own room, you don't actually bother even to try to pray. You don't say even our Father who art in heaven. So you have here double standards. In the church here or in front of others, you make long prayers to impress the people with your righteousness. But in your own room, you don't even try or you, you care. And again, I'm differentiating between person who is struggling to pray and he is trying and a person who doesn't care at all to pray. That's why the Lord said, for a pretense, make long prayer. Therefore, you receive greater condemnation. Because you are making long prayer, not to glorify God, but to appear that you are righteous to others. Another sign of hypocrisy is very active in ministry. But you are making these people whom you are bringing not actually children of God. They don't follow the law of God. But you make them children to yourself. Disciples to you. And you put your theology, you put your understanding, your law in their mind. That's why the Lord told them, you are very active in evangelism. You travel land and sea to win one proselyte. Proselyte means a convert. So you are very active. You travel land and sea to win one proselyte. And when he is one, when you bring him, you don't win him to Christ. You make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Because they teach him their law. They teach him their principles. For example, if you don't believe that fasting is important, that what you're going to teach those whom actually you are bringing. If you are liberal in your morals and you don't see anything wrong in dancing and, and drinking, and that's what you're going to teach. You are not teaching the law of God. But you are teaching your own law, what you believe is right. And that's why the Lord said, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Many churches right now, they are teaching, it's okay to have same-sex marriage. They are teaching the law of men, not the law of God. And these churches are very active in evangelism and in missions. And they try to bring people. But when they bring people, they don't bring them to the truth of the scripture. They teach them nothing wrong with abortion, nothing wrong with transgenderism, nothing wrong with homosexuality. So they are preaching their own law, not the law of God. And the Lord gave an example how these people, the blind guides, the hypocrites, teach a teaching that's totally wrong and different from the law of God. For example, he told them, Who, you teach whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform. Why? Because they were lovers of money. So the gold for them is more important than the temple. 
The temple that is actually the throne of God, the house of God, they don't care about. But they care about money, gold. That's why if you swear by gold, you are obliged to perform it. That's why the Lord told them which is greater. The gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold. In their mind, because they are lovers of money, they put gold in a greater position than the temple. In the same way, the sacrifices or the altar. The sacrifices actually for them is more important because the priests and the high priests eat from these sacrifices and take the, these sacrifices to their families. That's why they said, if you swear by the altar, it's nothing. But whoever swears by the gift, the sacrifices, that's on it, he's obliged to perform. And again, the Lord said, Who's, which is greater? The altar or the sacrifices? Or the altar that sanctifies the sacrifices? But because of gluttony and love of pleasure, that's why they say, no, if you swear by the sacrifices that's placed on the altar, you are obliged to perform it. But altar, it doesn't matter. And so on. So these people actually are very active in evangelism. They active in mission. They bring people. But when they bring the people, they teach them their own principles, not the law of God. But to cover this, then actually they become very circumspect about trivial things. But the greater things, actually, they don't care about it. For example, the Lord told them, you pay tithe of mint and anise and camel. So if they have some amount of mint or anise or camel, they say, no. Tithe is one of the commandments. You need to bring the tenth of it to the altar. Why? Because at the end, the priests and the high priests, they lived from the tithe of the people. That's why they say, no, you should pay the tithe of mint and anise and camel. But in the same time, you neglected the wider matter of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Justice, they crucified the Lord Jesus Christ unjustly and unfairly. Mercy, they did not show any mercy to the Lord Jesus Christ when he was uh, condemned by Pontius Pilate and by Herod, and they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. And faith, again, they neglected to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Although the Lord told them, he who believes in the Son have eternal life. Who does not believe in the Son will not see eternal life, but the wrath of God will abide on him. They didn't care. And the Lord said, lest somebody misunderstand him that he is saying it's not important to pay your tithe. So the Lord make it very clear. This you have ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So the Lord is not against being precise and meticulous even in the trivial commandment or the small commandments. But if you are focused on the small commandment and you neglect the wider commandment, then what is the point? Let me give you an example. Now we are fasting. If you focus very, very carefully about the ingredient of anything you eat, 
But in the same time, your heart is not repentant. You are not watchful over your tongues, what you are saying, or what you are seeing, or what you are thinking, or how you live your life during fast. Then that's hypocrisy. Because you are focusing on trivial things. Again, the Lord said, this you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. I'm not saying focusing on what you eat is not important. But what I'm saying, if that's all your focus, but you don't focus on changing your heart, repenting and returning to the Lord, this is hypocrisy. If you say, no, I cannot eat this because this is not completely vegan. I cannot eat it. That's good. But at the same time, if you swear, if you curse, if you gossip, if you judge, if you have bad thoughts, if you watch bad things on the internet, and you are not bothered even to repent or to change, this is extreme hypocrisy. Fasting is not what you eat, mainly. Fasting is how to change your life. What are you going to benefit from changing the, the menu of the food you are eating, but you are not changing your heart? Again, this is hypocrisy. So the Lord actually gave many, many examples about how people live in hypocrisy. And as I said in the beginning, we, the churchgoers, the religious people, many times they are attacked with this sin. And many times we are blind to this sin, the sin of hypocrisy. That's why while we are approaching the end of the fast, the Lord told us, and the church is teaching us today, be watchful, lest all these five weeks that are ending right now, you completed them in hypocrisy. You are focusing only, for example, on food, but you are not focusing on changing your, your life. You are just changing your food, but you are not changing your life. Be watchful. There are three more weeks. You need to repent. You need to offer life of repentance. You need to live in integrity. Hypocrisy will make you blind. Hypocrisy will make you foolish. First, you need to focus on repentance. What are you going to benefit? If you say, I, I have fasted the 55 days, just outwardly. But your heart is not fasting. Your mind and your thoughts are not fasting. Your tongue is not fasting. What are you going to benefit from this fast? Nothing. So, let us all pray and ask God to give us a repentant heart, not to live in hypocrisy, because hypocrisy is very destructive to our eternal life, to our spiritual life. Let us repent and return to God, asking Him to help us to live with integrity. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.